Good morning. Welcome to the Boss Sunday Morning Service. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for tuning in and calling in and emailing. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, you can call us, 1-800. Well, we're not on live, though, huh? Do I still need to give out the 800 number? Call us during the week. Call us during the week. That's why we got white people. They think fast. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. You can change your theme for the year. No, right? <laughs> what should it be? I love white people. See? I found out the other day I had white blood. It came out negative, but at least I still have it. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Can you turn the heater off and get it hot in here? Oh, thank you. Um, what was I saying? Whatever. You can call us. You can call us at 800 bond or you can email us church at bondinfo.org. Church at bondinfo.org. It's fun being able to make jokes about white people and they can't make them about us. <laughs> they just have to take it. <laughs> And now that Obama's in, you really can't say anything about us. <laughs> wow, talking about it. <laughs> no, that's not fair. I'm, I'm telling you, talking about the, the bottom of becoming a head. We're the head now. Yes, ma'am. Well, there was a joke. I mean, that must be somebody on TV. They said they, they saw a picture of a black guy in the back of it, and they, uh, they said something like they thought it was they named they thought it was some other guy who was a white guy. So they said, well, it's good that we came so far that I don't necessarily think about him being a black guy, whether he's black or white. My husband said, why do you have to say that? I don't think he should have said that. He should have said anything. I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a mess. I, uh, a friend of mine had the, uh, the cable guy to come out to hook up the cable in his home, and there was a black guy. It had to be a black guy. And he had the TV on at the time, and and on the TV, the reporter was saying, the first black president would be inaugurated this week, you know. And the cable guy said, it was a white reporter, right? And the cable guy said, I, they probably want to say the first nigger being inaugurated. Isn't that amazing? It's terrible. It's terrible. Man, it's just poor white folks. You guys can't do it any kind of way. You can't do it right. Is God punishing you? <laughs> now you see what it felt like being out in that confield while Mr. Charlie riding his horse whooping us. Yeah, see, I'll be experiencing punishment. What goes around comes around. Yeah, there you go. Amazing. Anyway, our theme this year is endurance, to endure. And uh, I asked you guys, did I ask you to read chapter 12 of Hebrew this time? Yes. Okay, everybody read it. That was here last week. Yes. Everybody read it. Yes. Yeah. Ed is shaking his head. I wasn't here. Uh, I bet you're happy about that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anybody want to share with us anything that they had to endure? Because I don't want to just come and preach at you every Sunday, and I'm getting better, you're not. So, did anybody endure anything this week? Or notice anything about your life? 
Yes, sir. Well, to start with, to start with, I, uh, I Why is your hair so long? I, I had a haircut, but I think I asked for something a bit too close. Had it too close. You see? <laughs> I can see your brains, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, you talk about what to endure. How about during your, uh, how about during one's stupidity? You go, uh, go through, um, go through your life thinking and thinking that certain things that has to be, uh, certain things that has to be done. Well, uh, just this week, I had to endure, uh, endure what we would call an evaluation, job evaluation, of what I did so far. And and when I was thinking, when they were talking about my evaluation, I was thinking to myself, this may be God's way of saying, if this is the best you can possibly do after all these years of work, maybe, just maybe, you can do far better if you just work uh, work on your own, uh, own no, ma- uh, no matter what business you um, yeah. choose to be in. So you haven't done your best on your job? Not as far, uh, far as I'm concerned. Because uh, this wasn't uh, because when I first took this job, I only took it to uh, pay off my uh, pay off my back debts and, uh, and oh, nothing. You didn't take it to work hard and and do the right thing. You just wanted to pay off your debts. Well, at start, uh, start I did want to do the best I can, uh, best I can do. Oh. But uh, uh, but that was the main objective to um, to pay off my debts because I was trained for something totally different. From, Totally different from why I'm cur- uh, currently at. Oh, okay. Yes. So, uh, so if there's anything I have to do, is the realization is doing so- uh, something that was going 180 degrees of wide trade to do. Yeah, I understand that, but you know, I was thinking this morning about work myself, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, why in the world did God give us this responsibility to have to get up every day and go to work? It made me mad at Adam. <laughs> it's Adam's fault that we have to. Did you know that it's his fault that we have to get up and go to work? Yes. Because beforehand, all we do went out to the garden and got something to eat. Didn't have to work at all. <laughs> yes, uh, one of the things that that I noticed, I I did really well last year, and so I went to a sales meeting. And this year, this last week, I was. I had people patting me on the back and wanting to hug me that I forgot existed in the company, right? All kinds of, Ed, you're so great. Ed, you're so wonderful. And you have to endure success, too. Yeah. Um, It can go to your head really quickly unless you remember where you came from. Very good point, Um, man. You have to keep your head straight because otherwise, otherwise you'll lose it later on the downside. So did you believe them when they said you were wonderful? I appreciated it, uh, but believing them, well... That's another story. Yeah. It's more like they had to do it for whatever purposes they had. They had to learn whatever they had to learn from it. That's right. You know? It's easy to believe that, too, when you're successful and you're doing well. People say, oh, I love you. You're so wonderful. I don't think people love you when you're successful. They're trying to figure out how to get your money. They think it's it's rubbing off. It is. It is. That's absolutely true. (laughs) We're supposed to love people based on character, not how much money they have or how hard they work. So, but you're absolutely right. It can go to your head and just puff up your ego like nothing else. Oh, so fast. Yeah. Very good point, man. Anybody else notice anything about yourself from this enduring thing? Yes, man. Well, I just had, I had to go through something this week, and it was just really interesting. Uh, and just the whole time, uh, 
I was in a situation where I didn't understand exactly what was going on, so you kind of want to know why, what is this? I couldn't like define it, and also it kind of took. I noticed that it took a lot of different turns, and it was constantly looking one way in a situation and then another way. Yeah. And so each each situation that came up, it's like you go here and then you go. So you just take them one at a time. Yeah. It turns you over this way, and this seems to be true, and then this seems to be true. But just going through it one by one, it wasn't hard to do. And then finally, in the end, the whole thing finally came together where I could see what was going on. It became clear to me, and then it was the whole, and then it was done. I had to, I was in a. I love life when it happens that way. That's why God wants us to just be still and take one step at a time and allow things to unfold. He tell us not to be in a hurry for anything, you know. Just allow things to become clear because when you make quick decisions, 99% of the time, it's a mistake. You, you have to, you're, you're not, you're not supposed to want something so badly that you get it, you know, you accept the first thing that comes along because you make a mistake. You know, the last part of it, too, was one of those situations where you run into something where something uh, shows itself to you. Yeah. But it's one of those it's one of those things that you don't want to deal with. Yeah. You know, that we usually just run from. And something late in the game showed itself to me. And at first I'm like, God, come on, don't show me this at this time. Yeah. <laughs> but he showed it to me, but he's showing it for my benefit. And, and why I, didn't you want to see it at this time? It's just wanted to roll through and go through the situation. It was a, it was a business thing, and yeah. I wanted to kind of continue and just make and it get go. get it over. And just it finish it and yeah. go. And then at the end, it's like 11th hour, you know, you see something. And I took it away at first as a, a negative. Like, <coughs> you know, it's one of those things. Oh, don't show me. Just, yeah. I just had that for a moment. And then yeah. I just kind of, like, let that go. And then I let the truth of it just show through my being, you know, just okay, come through and show me what it is. That's right. It showed it. It wasn't that difficult to deal with. I dealt with it, and it was great. I got, out of, I got myself out of a, a lot of trouble. I hear, I, hear, I, I hear a lot of people say that when they're dating, they know that this is the wrong person. They know they shouldn't be with this person. And, and that's God allowing them to see that they could, should not be with the person. And instead of dumping that person, they, they say to themselves, well, I can change the person. Once we get married, they'll act better, they'll do better. And they don't face the reality of what, what, what it, because they don't want to let go. You know, they don't want to have to make a change in their lives. So they come up with excuses why to stay with this person. Then once they get married, all hell breaks loose. Yes. And then they say, I knew I, I knew it. I saw this, but their pride said, I can change it. They don't want to let go. We got to endure. We got to let go. We gotta let go of our pride, our ego, our sin, sins, so that we can live a peaceful life. But when you want something, that's why I say you should date for seven years before marriage. Unless you're real old, <laughs> like me, I don't have time to date for seven years. When I get when I the first woman I meet is a winner. Because <laughs> seven years, I, you know, who knows? You know? But like with Scott, he could start now and relax for seven years. Because you get to know each other and see what's going on, understand the character of the person, see who you're marrying. But most people, they jump into these relationships and they see that this is not going to work, but they do it anyway. The same thing with business or anything else. You have to take your time. And, and it's strange too, but God will unfold it, He will allow you to see. If this is the right thing for you, if it's the right decision, which, yes. Which is kind of the opposite of the way people act. 
I noticed that in this situation I was going through, God would unfold certain things, very fascinating and interesting things, yeah. but it kind of goes in its own speed, and you kind of get it, maybe at first you don't quite see it, then he keeps showing it to you, then you get each part yeah. of it, but the way that we like to act as human beings is like quick decision making, Yeah. you know, let's do this, and it ha- it's like completely opposite of the way God actually operates, so it's like doomed to failure if you go in that, do it that way. That's right. we got to persevere. Yes, yes ma'am. Um, I actually went on a on a luncheon date with this uh, fellow, and he wanted wow. to date me. And I, it was like boyfriend girlfriend kind of thing. Well, not really. I mean, you know, I have to get to know him. You know, I, but you know, he he was interested in me, and I said, well, I don't know, I maybe. And I just went out and had lunch. A friend introduced him to me, and I went and. And after we had lunch, um, we were right next to where I worked at. And I told him, would you like to see an operating room? Because I clean an operating room and stuff like that. That's not like an exciting date. That's not like an exciting date. Yeah, and as we were were crossing the street, he wanted to hold my hand. And I go, oh, no, I I can't hold your hand. (laughs) I mean, you want to hold my hand that quick. And, uh, you know, and and during the time we had the lunch together... um, uh, he told me about all his problems and everything. I never had a chance to tell him about me, you know. Like, he would have ran. He might have ran, you know. But, but um, I'm just not ready for it, and, you know, and I just, well, I... Well, if he told you about all his problems, then, yeah, I would I would have taken him to the operation room and left him there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I man should never right. tell a woman about his problems. That's right. Never. Do you hear me, guys? Never, ever... But never, never, ever tell a woman about your problems. They can't do anything about it in the first place, and they, their, their, um, their spirit can't handle that. She can't carry his load and hers. And it's a turn off to women when men are like acting like little kids like that. So, yeah, I felt like he was agree a little kid. I agree. I, uh, Let me ask the lady behind you, Kirk. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I kind of disagree. Why? Yeah, feel free to disagree. This is your first time here, right? Yes. Totally feel free to disagree. Okay. <laughs> I kind of disagree because um, they can share one another's um, problems or, you know, what they've been through or going through or whatever, and maybe they can, um, you know, help one another through it, um, you know, with, with the help of God, of course, but... They can talk it out and, and you know, share and, you know. Now, there's, a way, of, um, there's a way for a man to share with his wife or girlfriend without dumping on her. Okay, yeah, that makes a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, uh, what, what's an example? I went down the road and the road was rough and I overcame it by not resenting it. You know, that kind of. I ran into the slave master and he was mad I didn't get mad you know you can share with your wife like that and teach her okay. without wimping and being weak about it oh honey it was rough today that old boss of mine was mean and I couldn't handle it and you know that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you, you agree with that or disagree? I can agree I'm sorry <laughs> 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 Women can't handle their own problems because it is their responsibility to rely on the man. Uh, A husband is like a a good father to his wife. He guides her 
It's like a, a solid foundation that she can rely on. Mm-hmm. But if both parties are weak, then you're just going to end up messed up. Yeah. And a man is not supposed to be weak. Right, I agree with that. You agree? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know too many women who respect men who tell them their problems. Now, they'll ask you for it. Oh, honey, tell me all your problems. <laughs> you never talk to me about your problems. You don't love me. And then the guy falls for that. And he tells her all his problems. And she go out and tell her friend, oh, my husband is weak. And she starts resenting him for that. You agree or disagree? I agree, but you yeah. can also um, not go tell your friends and help build. You no, know, women build. can't help but tell on you. <laughs> they're going to call their girlfriend up, their mama. They're going to tell her. And that mindset will not let them rest with that. They're going to they gonna feel good. And the God, the God said to them, don't tell it. Don't tell it. <laughs> and the devil say, tell it. Just tell one person. Tell your girlfriend. And you tell it. Isn't that right? Yes. I'm sorry? Yes, but not all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. You wanted to say? No, I agree. I I think um, if a a man's experiencing a problem that's like really getting at his soul and it's a a desperate situation, he should never um, complain to his wife. And me growing up, my dad did that a lot with me as a kid, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, I I can't help you. That's right. But um, I also noticed that people, I mean, even when they com- a man complains to a man, um, you find out in the that in the underneath that they really don't want help anyway. Yeah, you know, it's just like the Christian thing. They're, yeah, they're really not a Christian. Yeah, I, I I can't stand complaining men myself. A man is always complaining. It's just a pathetic man. Have you noticed that? I used to do you, it all the you time. You don't even respect those kind of guys. Yeah, I, it was natural for me. That's what I just learned. You, you were a complainer. Huge complainer, yeah. and especially for once I started getting girlfriends and stuff. Yeah, I w- that's all I would do is complain and complain. I didn't know any better, <laughs> and it was it, it was devastating. And and uh, just like you said, they and I even see my mom today. She she um, she will try to get you to complain. She never tries it with me anymore. But uh, she my 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 younger brother. He's very vulnerable, so I watch it. And yeah. uh, I see her tempting him to bring up his problems and just talk about them yeah. and reason with him. And then, um, you know, when I speak up, and I, try, I just speak up right on the spot, and uh, it, it creates, creates a big fuss. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Never, ever, guys, out there in Yonderland, never drop your problems on your woman. It's not in her nature. And don't blame me for it. God did it. I didn't create this way of life. God created that way, this way of life. Yes, sir. I think that's, I mean, I think you're making a really good point. I mean, I, I know that I'd be kind of, I'd be embarrassed to admit to even having a bad day or, like, being stressed by anything. Um, like, I don't think people should, like, I don't, I don't really believe people should have bad days or if they do, you know, they've obviously done something wrong and it's admission of, you know, you shouldn't be telling people that. You know, you're yeah. supposed to be, like, dealing with life and not you being defeated it. every day. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. And stress <laughs> is just... I mean, it's a reflection of how you've responded poorly to a series of situations. Um, so, I mean, I remember you saying this, you know, sometime when I was really young, and to this day, I'm like, you know, I, even kind of certain stories, I'm hesitant to, like, good stories who I'd, you know, be interested in telling, I'm a little hesitant to tell because they can kind of be interpreted as, like, you know, a complaint when really they're just sort of amusing situations to me. Right. But it's not like, you know, 
it's not good to give people openings to kind of like that you're in a relationship with to kind of like judge you and like kind of tell other people and do all that sort of a thing. It's yeah. important to be aware. Very good point, man. You know, I for the last twenty years when God changed my life and he showed me how to deal with the stress the stresses of life and the issues of life, I don't I never have a I haven't had a bad day in twenty years. Not a bad day. Now I've had some major, major issues to deal with in my personal life and deal with people. But I've not had a bad day. Not had one bad day in 20 years. And so whenever someone asks me, how are you doing? All is well. And now my close friends and family members, when they say, oh, how are you doing? All, and they, they sing along with me now. All is well. <laughs> because I haven't had a bad day because he showed me how to endure and overcome. And when you endure, especially sometimes when you do it without complaining about it, you just become a better person. You absolutely become a better person. It's interesting how it's that way. But if you're complaining and looking like you got problems, and and every time you see, you know, it just takes you down and takes you to hell. You're living in hell. And I think it has a lot to do with the mind because once you're born again, God gives you a new mind. He renews your mind. So you have a different mindset about life. And in that new mindset, no such thing as problems. They don't exist. It's only in your dark mind that you have problems. But in reality, there are no problems. None at all. Uh, so I think that's what needs to change. It's the mindset. And then you can endure. You can endure anything. Yes, ma'am. You had your hand? Well, I had a question. Regarding the husband, you said that a man should not... Tell us problems to the woman. Never, ever, ever, but never. <laughs> but at what point? Who does he go to to talk to if he wants to talk, yeah. if it's not his wife? A wise, older man. Okay. A wise, older man. Either his father, if his father, more father knows him anyhow, they don't have any sense. Uh -huh. But some wise, older guy. And who should the woman go to? Her husband. And if she doesn't have a husband, hopefully she has a father with some sense or find a wiser, older man. A woman can sometimes go to an older woman who is wise. I remember in the good old days, older women had a lot of sense. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't today, but... <laughs> but I do remember the older days, the older women were more they were wiser than they are today. And so the young ladies had somebody to go to. Yeah. They knew not to go to the, a woman their age because right. they had no sense. Mm -hmm. But an older woman would know. And she would most of the time tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so now they have to go to wiser men if you can find one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you can find one. Yeah. But that's the order ordained by God. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense? Yes. Oh, okay. Good. Yes, Susan. Can a woman go to her son? Her son? If she had to destroy him, yes. <laughs> but most sons today are afraid to be honest with their mothers because their mothers have intimidated them so much. And so if they tell them the truth, they feel that they may be attacked. So, uh, but yeah, the son should be able to do it too. Yeah, I see my son, um, he, he is real nice to me and very helpful to me, but 
every once in a while I see something, he's not ready to tell me what yeah. uh, he's angry at me for. And so I see I get a nerve, and, but he swallows it down. And, and that's too bad. Yeah. Because you're intimidating him. He's angry at you. And so he's afraid that you lash out at, at him if he told you the real truth about the situation. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. And that's what stopped, That's why the world is going dark. Because we don't have men growing up wise anymore. They're being destroyed by their mothers and grandmothers. And it's unfortunate. And, and it's interesting in that God is not going to change anything. He's just going to let us suffer and die. And hopefully a few of us will last long enough for Jesus to come back. And we'll have some peace. But he's letting us suffer. We're really getting what we deserve in this world. Because when you get to know yourself, just think about everything you get in life, you bring it on yourself. You allow it to happen. You allow people to treat you a certain way. You give your money to your kids and they rip you off and they care less about you. I mean, you do it to yourself because you're, you're coming from a different source. You're not coming from the right place. We get what we deserve. We really, really get what we deserve. Because God has to set up another way and we won't seek Him and allow Him to guide us in that way. We want to do it ourselves. Yes, sir. I was watching a movie last night and it had a, about a woman who was divorcing her husband and her husband was a dog and bad guy. And there wasn't one thing in the movie they showed negative about the woman. And I'm kind of wondering, is there anything more controversial and something the world doesn't want to talk about than the destruction of kids through their mothers? Because I don't, I, I, it seems like it's like a taboo subject. Yeah. And that one thing is, is the way, we know there's reasons why it's going on, but we have to at least admit that is going on. Yeah. And, I don't, and it's hardly, I've heard you talk about it, but I almost heard anybody in the world talk about this subject. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a do not point out what women are doing to the children. You, you can't mention it, yeah. you work on the man, but do not work on the woman. If you mention what the women are really doing to the children, you become a woman hater, you know, you can be boycotted. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And it's unfortunate because you're leaving women op- open to suffer too. Because just as men need to repent, women need to repent too. God wants all of us to repent. But if you can't tell the truth about what they're doing and they're not following their consciousness, what would cause them to repent? But you're right. It's a no hands-off for women thing. But I love what's right more than anything else. And believe me, I used to be afraid of women too. But God took that away from me. And it's amazing, too, how I don't have that fear anymore. And I love what's right. And I love women enough to tell them the truth. And if they get mad or somebody, it, it doesn't matter to me. Because my love is coming from God and not from anybody else. You know, he changed my life. And I want them to know him and have what I have. I want them to have peace and love and, and raise their children in the right way to go. So if they get mad, that's fine. You know, in here, it's talking about endure. And God is not asking us to shed blood. He just asking us to take the little pain we have to take for truth's sake. And so, but no, it's hands off. You can't be honest with women anymore. I mean, you can, but most people won't. I noticed that they're, they're, these men that have been destroyed through, through the mother, they're growing up, and as adults, yeah. we're having to deal with these people who are crazy, who are trying to take our rights away, who they've been destroyed, so it's like they've been destroyed, so they want to see other people destroyed. That's what evil does. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, you right. destroy everything around <clears throat> you, then they go after whatever's left over. 
Because the battle is a spiritual battle between good and evil. It's right and wrong. It's not physical at all. That's why we must be born again so we can see that it's not physical, but it's a battle between good and evil. Then you're not afraid. You stand up. And it's funny, too, when you're standing up, it doesn't look like this thing going to work out. You know? <laughs> when you're taking that stand, it doesn't look like it's going to work out. And I think that's another reason people are afraid to take a stand, because you don't see a, a good result right away. But it will work out. It really will work out. But you've got to take the stand first. It doesn't look like it in the beginning, but it will work out. I'm a living witness to that. It will work out. You know, speaking of, of standing up like that, I've noticed that I've been fearful in the past of standing up to people who, in reality, are more screwed up than I am. That's right. You know, absolutely. They, they, because they have a, they have some some, some your, your thoughts tell you something about them that isn't true. They're not strong people anyway. The people generally who are you know over you in some kind of uh, tyrannical way. That's They're not right. strong. Amen. The people you're afraid of are afraid of you too. Believe me, it's fear and fear. That's why we must be born again. I love to see of enduring. I love to endure. Yes, sir? It's very deceptive to people who sometimes are like the most evil. They appear very good. Yeah. And uh, I've had some people like that, uh, some older figures in my family, friends of my parents. And it's been like a lifelong time of, of trying to figure these people out. And I would, uh, and it's almost like I have to be real extreme with them at this point. Yeah. Because they're so sneaky, and I myself, I you know, I've seen that myself. And but the more I can face uh, face myself, the more I can see reality. And it's like things I always knew are kind of coming to a head. And it's like it's almost crazy to think, you know, all that's happened and what I would have to do, what I have to do now. And it's all I have to do is talk straight to them. That's right. Be and, and be calm about it. And don't be and mad if they reject you. Right. Just tell them the truth and let them act it out. Right. And you just watch the movie. Right. And speaking of people who are nice, especially in the family, I have a whole bunch of sisters. I have six of them, so you're not going to know who I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> I have one sister. I mean, well, all of them are Christians, so I have to put that out there so you can't figure this out. But one of my sisters really into the church. Every time you see her, every word is about the Lord and quote scriptures, all right? And so people think, oh, she's so sweet and nice. And I went back to a relative funeral, and we were all sitting around having some chicken and greens and candy yams after we had a funeral. You know how that is. That's, that's the best part of the funeral, by the way. <laughs> oh. And so my sister, we all sit around, and we have this conversation. She said something that was wrong. And I said, you know what, you're evil. I didn't know you were evil. And all hell broke loose. And people were shocked that she had this kind of hell in her because she seemed so sweet and nice and everybody thought she was the one. But all hell uh, broke loose. She hasn't spoke to me since, spoke, spoken to me since. And, and all I did was just, I, I didn't know she was going to react like that. I just told the truth about what, I was, what she was saying and she couldn't handle that truth. Similarly, I uh, I made mistakes by, and I didn't know at the time, but I I sort of uh, to be uh, you know to be uh, decent, I I had something to address to a family member. I pulled them aside, but they're so scandalous that after you know since no one heard what the, the right. exchange between us, you know, and I left. You know, they went in and it, and it was just like you know I got phone calls the next day. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, you know, yeah. people still believe it. Yeah. 
So and, but, and sometimes it's good, yeah, like you did in front of everybody. Yeah. But that's what we have to. That's what men and women of God have to endure. You know, they're gonna do that to you. Right. But you have to love them by not hating them. Right. You know, you you meant well by it, and they proceeded in that way, or you can't help that. But now you have to be willing to be rejected by your family. Right. Your family members, and I I love my family members, but I love what's right more than I love them. I really do. I love what's right. So if they reject me, fine. They didn't love me anyway. And family members are phony anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) Have you noticed how phony family members are? This is phony. They love you until you tell them the truth. Then they hate you. And then they talk about you behind your back and never come to you and tell you about the problem. (laughs) What kind of family is that, you know? (laughs) They have this rumor going about you. You don't even know it. You're at dinner and everybody's thinking negative about you. You don't even know it. And that's a family member. And that's, that's amazing. That's why God said he, uh, Christ said he came to separate families. Turn fathers against uh, their children, mothers against their daughters. Because he knew and he knows that the families are phony anyhow. They, they're all liars. They won't tell you the truth. Now, oh, you better not tell her that. You've got to hurt her feelings. But go off and tell everybody else in the family about it. That's evil. But you have to do, endure that kind of stuff when you stand up for what is right. Yes, sir. Uh, I, uh, I talk about my mom. My mom was a devout Catholic. And I know that she even had good intentions. She did. Uh, I, I, yeah. I remember that. But you know what? I was utterly destroyed. I mean, I was so weak and pathetic, it wasn't even funny. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is? I don't know if the word funny applies here. I have no idea what actually happened to me. I just sort of resolved when I was 16, 17, 18 years yeah. old. I mean, I mean, in retrospect, I can see. I, I mean, it was completely destroyed. Yeah. But, but what I'm wondering today is how come... That I not I don't know, I don't know what happened. Right. As a matter of fact, you know what the the irony is, it, at at that age, I I thought that I lost my mother, I did, but I've been just recently reading a book about it, and then it came came to mind again. Well, that's Gee, why what what happened? That's why God. How said come I didn't see? How come I, I don't know? I I don't remember. Yeah. I, yeah, that's the funny part. I don't have any remembrance. Of what actually happened to me, but I but I sort of resolved as to yeah. what how I acted and what I was and how I related to the girls. I mean, it was oh my God, it was well, awful. That's why when you pray, God causes you to become one mind with Him. Yes. And as you're overcoming, He allowing you to see and overcome what you can handle and see and overcome at the time. Yeah, I see. And so if you just be patient in due season, He will allow you to see it. Mm-hmm. Because if you saw it now, you probably would go back into denial about it. Because it could have been so rough. Because sometimes we're treated so badly by our parents. And it's so painful to our spirit that we go into denial about it. You just want to bury it away. Yes. And so in due time, yes. he'll allow you to see it. And that, uh, that, that's what must have happened. Let it hang in the balance. And mm-hmm. he allows you to see and overcome what you can have at the time. Okay. So, but leave it as a question. Yes. And don't let the devil give you the answer to it. No, no, I, I don't. Yeah, and it'll come. Did you have your hand uh, for us about a month ago? 
important. Uh, okay. All right. Um, I want to just read uh, in uh, Hebrew chapter 12. It says, With so many witnesses and a great cloud all around us, we too then should throw off everything that weighs us down and the sin that clings so closely and with perseverance keep running in the race which lies ahead of us. And so the thing I want you to recognize in your own life, what is weighing you down and what sins you should overcome? Because if you don't let the weight go, you're never going to be free to fly. He can't work through you if you're carrying this weight. You know, what is it in your life that you have not been able to overcome? Is it uh, fear or worry or doubt, insecurity? You know, you have problems speaking up. Um, you, uh, you have problems staying conscious because a lot of people can't even stay conscious. They, they, they don't want to really see reality about themselves. They want to see it about other people but not about themselves. So they do things to stay in an unconscious mode. So they don't have to face anything. So do you have problems staying conscious? Uh, and, and consciousness means not looking at someone else, but looking at yourself. Because whenever we look at ourselves, there is nothing good about ourselves. I, I, I haven't yet seen anything good about me. Have you guys seen Who's seen something good about yourself? I shouldn't have said that because nobody's going to tell the truth now. Huh? Now you know you, you know you thought you were good before now. You've seen good things about yourself, what? And you have to? Let me find out what this young lady is. What good have you seen about yourself? Um, I, I think I'm, I'm kind. I think I'm... Um, it's, hard, it's hard to say good things about yourself. I, I think that I have a good work ethic. I think I uh, work hard. I, I'm loving. I love people. You love people? You love those that hate you? Yes. I work on that. I try. <laughs> yeah. You love people that hate you. Some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that so, people that so hate you don't me, love. <clears throat> because if you can't love the negative people, right. the ones that don't like you, the ones that talk about you, the ones that you know that kind of screwed up in the head, then you don't love. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to love a friendly person, mm-hmm. you know. You know what I mean? But it's hard to love people who don't love you. Right. I mean, if you if there were any good about you, you'd be loving them. Right. My dad was perfect. I just had some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so you say you're a good person too? Yeah, I feel like I have a good heart. I feel like I'm a caring person. What's good about your heart? Um, it's really, it's, it's open to people. It's open to, to life and the things that's um, negative or the things that, that's you know, that um, I can bring you down or whatever, you know. I have a way of uplifting myself and keeping my spirit How do you lift yourself? Happy. Um, well, I pray a lot. I do pray a lot. And um, I believe in myself and, and um, in order to believe in others. And, yes, I do love those that hate me or can't stand me because I think it's their problem or their insecurities or right. their hang-ups, you yeah. know. So you love your enemies too? Yes, I do. So no one can get you angry? Not really, no. Uh, when you say not really, a little bit? Or? No, I would say no. You don't get angry at all? I get, no, I don't get angry. I might get upset, but I, I, I blow it off and, and get over it. 
But what's the difference between upset, being upset and being angry? Oh, angry, you tend to go to a whole nother level. You get hostile. You want to retaliate. You want, you know. Oh. And um, upset is like um, just getting in your system and kind of, you know, um, thinking about it and and yeah. figuring a way to come down off of it. Oh, I see. And how do you come down off of being upset? <laughs> um, just by um, just just um, chilling out and, and thinking about what what happened and you know to upset you and and that you don't want to take it to another level. Right. Do you believe that if you were good, that it would be impossible to be upset, become upset? Do you believe that you can live a life? Never becoming upset? No. You don't think that's possible? No. Not no. in this world, no. Not in this world? No, right. Will you get to heaven? Yes. Well, same people up there, too, waiting. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so far, all the sinners are going to heaven. Yeah, Do you believe that, too? That is, uh, I mean, do you believe you can live in this world and never become upset? I believe that you say you can do it, so I'm... But I could be lying, though. I don't believe you're lying. I I believe that you have found that much grace, and you can do that. But I, I think it's hard. I I don't know. I I I admire you for it. Want me to tell you how to do it? Want me to tell you how to do it? I would say you have to. I personally have to humble myself. That's why I pray a lot. Oh, okay. You pray to God to humble you. Um, to teach me how to be humble. Okay. Didn't teach you yet. I'm learning. I'm going to teach you today. Okay. It is so easy, just like that. All right. All right? And it's my job to teach you. Um, how many people believe that you can live without ever becoming upset? Oh, you do? Wow. So what's the difference between a righteous anger, that happy thing? I'm sorry? A righteous anger. Isn't there such a thing as a righteous anger? It is. Let me ask one of the righteous people. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Scott. Can you hear a question? <laughs> Ask <laughs> her a question for her. I'm not sure I can. She wanted to know the difference between a righteous anger, right? Okay. Um, I don't really. I mean, I heard the question. I just don't. I, I don't know how to have righteous anger. Oh, I see. So you got to raise your hand. You say you believe you can live in the world without being upset. That doesn't mean you've reached that point yet. Yeah. Right. Oh, I see. Right. right. Oh, okay. <laughs> you believe it's possible, but you're still getting upset. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought you got on hold. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let me tell you quick. Yes, sir. I just want to ask real quick. Do you, um, do you think there's anything good about yourself? That's what keeps me in righteous anger because there's nothing good about me. I haven't seen anything good about me yet. And I think that's amazing, too. I keep looking. I can't find anything good about me. And because I can't find anything good about me, it prevents me from getting upset with other people. Because who am I to judge someone if I'm so messed up and I can't change myself? Who am I to hate my enemies or judge other people? Because, and that is so profound that God has set it up that way. He allows you to see that you're no good. Who are you to hate somebody else for being all messed up? Now, that doesn't mean you go along with them, agree with what they are, but you cannot hate them for what they are. When you cannot hate them, 
You can't be upset about what's going on. Well, yeah, I have to admit because I, I think there's things good about me, and I, I, I can see that. What's good about problem. you, boy? I, you know, I'm just admitting. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I can see that. Like that shows that, that I because uh, my judgment is sneaky. You know, I can, uh-huh. it comes out. I don't think I'm judging. I think I'm just conversating, and yeah. I'm just and I you know, but I'm remembering little details, and and uh, so that's getting in the way. Yeah, yeah. I see. And I asked God to let me see too. Let me see myself. And he did. And from that day to this one, I realized I'm no good. I can't trust me. You know. And so that will humble you too. When you can really, really endure, when you can face the fact that you are absolutely no good, really, then you can be humble. You can then stop being angry at other folks. I can see that. What? Yes, ma'am. So that doesn't mean that you can't see some good qualities in yourself every now and then, but overall, right, right. well, but overall, given time, like given time and opportunity, you would go to the wrong side, is what you're saying. No, I mean I'm saying if you say okay, I have a good heart, but given time and oh, power, yeah. then you would do the wrong thing. The That's moment, the moment I say I have a good heart, then something's gonna come and gonna bring out the worst in me. All the people who think they're good, you're in trouble this afternoon. <laughs> they're going to come at you and bring the worst out of you. Yeah. The guy's going to say, oh, I thought you were good. So if you're so good, why are you so mad at this person? You had a question. Yeah, then I'll so, come to you, Allison. So I don't understand why that's not in conflict with gratitude. Because if you, if you say there's no, nothing good about yourself, then it seems to me that you're saying that I have nothing to be grateful for. Wow, that and is I'm so powerful. To be grateful for. And that's why I'm having trouble with what you're saying. Okay. That is a very, very, but very good question. And the man behind you in the white shirt want to answer that. That is a great question. I actually like the question too. Um, I think are you, are you, is there anything good about you? Um, this, this T-shirt, <laughs> very good. Uh, no, I, I, it's funny because I'm thinking, like, God, do I think anything? I never see anything really good. About, I wish I actually had something good about myself. I constantly am looking for something good, but unfortunately, haven't been able to find it. So, but how about gratitude? How do you be grateful then? And, and you ain't no, well, nothing good about you. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Cause Are you married? Talking to her or me? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I am. First time here. Joking? <laughs> That's why. Nobody wants me. That's See? The <laughs> so, what do you think about her question? Uh, number one, I think it's a, it's a legitimate question. Yeah. And how would you respond to it? In terms of. She said, well, how about gratitude then? If you don't see anything good about yourself, and, I mean, how about gratitude? In, I want to be grateful for things that I have, and I, I think that I don't think that they're actually dependent upon each other. You can be—I'm I'm very grateful for the things that God has given me, uh, but that still doesn't mean that I see anything good about myself. Um, so you can be grateful for you know your family, um, the things that God's given you in terms of your health and your, the blessings that you have. But at the end of the day, it still doesn't mean that you're you're good. So in other words, you can like say, well, God, thank you for this house, my family, even though I'm no good. 
Right, and I, I think it's the trick of the devil, though, that wants you to think that you're good, because that's sort of where the pride comes in before the fall. And my, I mean, my mind wants to tell me all the time how great I am. I'm not going to say that I don't have that battle, because I do. Yeah, um, yeah well, I know that, buddy. <laughs> you can relate to me, I know you can. But uh, at the end of the day, you really are, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're fraught with human frailty, and yeah. God actually allows you to appreciate the, the little things, and that's really what gratitude's about. Okay. Did that help? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> One more guy want to help me, then I'll respond to it. Yes, sir. Wait about Gratitude is in the freedom of not having to carry that burden of judgment and all the stuff that people are weighed down with. Yeah. So to me, it would seem like it's that gratitude for that freedom of not having to carry that burden. Did that help? Well, no. here's the thing. If you say, what's good about you? So let's say I, maybe I didn't pick something real tangible, but I, what's good about me is that I have two strong legs and two strong arms and a good mind, and I can get through life relatively easily. Some people can't walk. Some people can't see. Some people um, can't do some of the things I can do. So I'm grateful for that. And I think those are things that are good, that God has blessed me with a lot of things that help me get through life easily. So I think of that as good. Now, maybe you're not meaning good that way, but when you say what's good about you, there's I, I'm fortunate, I'm blessed. So okay. I, I, if I, I feel like if you said... Is there anything good about you? And I said, no, there's not a damn thing that's good about me. Then, then I would be a person nobody would want to be around. They'd say, my gosh, she's never happy about anything. I'm no good, but I'm totally happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally satisfied. As a matter of fact, I didn't become happy until I could see I was no good. But when I didn't, when I saw it before and didn't want to face it, I was miserable because I was trying to be good. You know, and I didn't want to see I was no good. And so I was unhappy. You spend a lot of energy trying to be good when you, when you, when you don't face the fact that you are no good. Because now you've got to go to work to try to be good. You've got to work hard. You've got to hang out with the wrong kind of people. You've got to lie, steal, and cheer, kill. You've got to do everything... You got to read the Bible until the cows come home. Try to be good. When, because you don't want to face the fact that you're not good. So that creates a problem. But I'll explain. I'll make it clear for you in a minute. Uh, and I, I'll make it clear. All right. Let me take Stephanie first. Here. Yes, ma'am. Um, when I was younger, I was like a real people hater. Yeah. And then I realized like I was no better than them. Yeah. And that would make me stop hating people so much. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> But that was the gratitude was there, like seeing yourself that you're not better. That was, that was, hey, I, I like that. Man, yeah. I don't need to ask anybody else. That's the gratitude, seeing you are no good yourself. When you can see, I'm grateful to God that he has allowed me to see that I, my nature, my ego nature is no good. The other me is no good. And it prevents me from hating other people. But I have this gratefulness about that. That's why we ask me how I'm doing all this well, because he is in control of my nature and control and control of me now, not me. And th- he said, even God said, man is no good. 
Woman is no good. Their hearts are all evil. And every man and woman's heart is evil. But they don't want to see it. But when you can see that your heart is evil and don't hate what you see, he'll come in and give you his heart. And then all the things, when you see me, you see him in me. You don't really see me. You see him through me. And so it's the people around you that see something good about you. And then, you know, and you're grateful and you do the work that's meant to be done. But they don't see me. They see him in me or in you once you're born again. But it's not you. It's not your nature. That's other nature that you're overcoming is no good. And that's not even you. That's other devil. But the problem is the pride of man don't want to face that. And they want to state that they're good. And you're really no good. But if you really want to be happy, you got to see and relax in knowing that you're no good. And then you can have peace. It's the other way around. But as long as you think that you're good, you're nothing. And I don't mean in the work that you do or the things that you own. I mean your nature, nature. your heart, your spirit. That's what is good. But it's God's spirit in you once you're born again. That is good. It's still not your spirit. And that's what makes you grateful. That's what I'm thankful about. Because when you changed that, he gave me perfect peace and everything else became secondary. I don't have to prove that I'm good. I don't have to work at proving that. You know, I'm not deceiving myself and I don't try to deceive others about that. That's why I can laugh at myself. I can make jokes about myself because that's what it is. It's not that serious. That makes sense? That's why he said we must be born again because every man wants is evil. Their hearts are evil. They're of the devil. That's why you must be born again. But unless you're willing to, are willing to endure sin that you're no good, you're never going to be good. Even Jesus said, it's not him, but it's the Father that was in him. He's like, why are you guys hooping and hollering over me? Why are you calling, even Jesus said, why are you calling me good? It's not me, it's the Father that's in me. He's the one that's good. And if Jesus can admit that, what's wrong with us that we can't admit it? And he was closer to good than anybody else has ever been, you know? That makes sense? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you, Austin, she's been waiting a while, then I come. I'm going to try to get to everybody. Yes? I'm just wondering, God made us all in his own image. Yes, ma'am. And he made all bad people. Oh, not people good at all. I'm sorry? God made, us in, God made us in, our, in his image, all of us in his own image. He made all bad people. I don't not understanding, but I'm listening at the other conversation. Right. I'm getting it, but to me, we brought this we we brought this on ourselves by getting out of order. Totally out of order, God's will. Not doing God's will. Well, we didn't bring it on ourselves. Adam brought it on us. Well, but listen to that woman. But we need to go Every back. Every time listen to the woman, you're going to bring it on yourself. <laughs> we need to get back to order. We, we need to get back to God's order. And and I think we know God's order, but right. we still have our will. It's still in the way. And um, I just don't feel like all people are bad. You don't feel like all people are bad? I don't feel all people are bad. So is God lying? Well, I'm just... This when you say that all... I say I have to, this is my opinion. Now, I can go along with everybody else, but this is my opinion. Right. And no, I appreciate maybe, your opinion. And maybe I'm wrong, but the Holy Spirit will tell me. Right. 
teach me. All right. Okay. Holy Spirit, go talk to her now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. <laughs> so when God said that all of our hearts are evil, we need to repent and turn back to him. You don't believe that? That's when, that's when we got out. That's when we got out of God's order. That's when we began right. to do our will, not his will. But if you go back to his will and ask him to let me do his will. So you my, saying, my prayer is in the morning, let me do his will. Right. And So you're saying that we are evil until we're born again. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's true. Okay. Right. Until we're born again. Yes. But so few are being born again. So we don't know. I don't know when these people are born again or not. I can only know about myself. Want me to tell you how you can know? Look at your environment around you. Look at the world. Look at the kids. Look at the way things are going. You can see that most people are evil. Now, there's some evil that is more severe than others. There's nice evil, not so bad evil, and then bad, bad, bad evil. And so it goes from one degree to another. But, I mean, you can look around you and see it yourself. It's there. If most people were good, we wouldn't have what we have going on in the world today. I realize that. It's yeah, it's not it coming from evil, and it works through people. You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah, but I know that we kind of, we want to believe that most people, you know, are not evil. I mean, and that's denial. Now, that doesn't mean that we should run away from folks and all that. Because there, there are some, that's your task. There are some nice evil people. <laughs> you know, like my mother, my, my dad, my, my father, my, they are nice people. You know, you know what I mean? They are nice. You can enjoy them, hang out, they give you a good dinner. But they were evil. They destroyed their children. That evil dwelled in them, and they didn't know it. They couldn't but help it. But they didn't it. know it. That's right. right. They, didn't they know couldn't it. help it. But that was evil working through my parents. You know what I mean? I understand. I understand. And exactly. if we can face that as it is and don't hate what we see, we right. can overcome. Right. Right. And then the next generation has a chance. But if you don't face what it is, a lot yeah. of people are afraid to face it because it looks like you don't love your parents or you deny. It. You know, but I love my parents, but they were evil. They had anger, and it passed it down and to the children. And it passed it on, and, and they, they parents pass it on down to them. That's right. So they can really help it. That's why God said we must be born again. So that at some point, God keep bringing folks into the world so that we can get it right. I like that dance. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know fortune go so low. <laughs> 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 oh, but we got to face it and I'm telling you if you can face it and don't hate what you see you shall be born again but the ego mind is always working can keep you from seeing reality about yourself because it's painful and who want that kind of pain who want the pain of knowing that they are no good who want right the, now I don't care right. I just want to see him that's right and that's the attitude yeah. you should have yeah. yes sir or maybe 30% of the time, good thoughts. And then the other time, you know, Very they have question. evil thoughts. Yeah. So they, they are, they're thinking, you know. That's a very, another good one. Another good question. How can, answer that, ask that again. 
How well, can how people, people believe that they are totally evil when they do have good, good thoughts, thoughts and they sometimes obey those good thoughts, but then they yeah. sometimes obey the evil thoughts and they're so they I think love that they're caught in a you know a constant battle of obeying your good thoughts and obeying your evil thoughts. The young lady in the brown and black want to answer that. Would you ask the question again? How can a person believe that they're evil when they have good thoughts too? I, I really don't think a person thinks they're evil. I think people have identities that they're not aware of. And like he said, all of us have bad and all of us have some good. And it's choice. And if we don't follow God's will, we're going to fall each time. I think it's a little bit of both and we're not perfect. And the gratitude does come from acceptance that we have the bad in us. But we also have this. But you also have good. There's good in us. See, that's, yes. that's, that's the confusion I'm talking about. We think we're somewhat good. We just have some bad. Yes, or that's correct. we think correct. we're bad, but we have some good. Yes. And there's, so there's not this full-on um, yearning for to repent because we have some good. So the I'm, young lady in the green, you want to answer that? Uh, or add to it. Are you good? Is anything good about you? <laughs> You're scared to say now. <laughs> we only tape it alive. Take <laughs> time. We got all day. <laughs> we all just go quiet for a moment. <laughs> Do you want to respond to that? Is it too much? Is the white boy crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that white boy is crazy. Yes, man. I'll come back to you. All right. Yes, ma'am. Could that be when you have God on this shoulder and the devil on this shoulder, you're stuck between which which way should I go? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> God on the shoulder, the devil on the other. Yeah. I used to hear preachers preach about that. I used to say God was on one and the devil on the other. I'll, I'll answer that in a minute. Good okay. Question. Good question, man. Sherry, you want to respond to Martin. I see it all in you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know the answer. You don't know the answer? No, listen. I don't know. You do have to ask you, huh? Yes. Yeah. So anybody can respond tomorrow? Yes, Susan. Um, you know, I, well, I don't know if this is, I was out in the room, but I noticed, like, I can take credit for anything good in me, and I, you know, yeah, the slightest thing. Like, I, I'll, you know, I'm just, I watch and I see, like, just coming to bond. I could get a big ego just saying, well, at least you come to bond. Right. trying, you know, and my ego is trying to right. uh, get something out of that. Stephanie wanted. Yeah, you come in here, I know that the devil, your thoughts, the devil can give you good thoughts and bad thoughts. Thank so you. Keep you. No such thing as good thoughts. Mm -hmm. They don't exist. <clears throat> you have never, ever, <laughs> but never, never, ever had a good thought. All lies. They set, they build you up to let you down. And every time you follow those good thoughts, you end up in trouble. You got to go back and repair it. It didn't quite go right. It seemed like it was a good idea, but it didn't go right. 
Everybody got through that? Yeah. No, no such thing as a good thought. It's all lies. And, uh, and, and that's what an evil heart would do to you. It would make you, it, it deceive you, make you think what you're thinking is good and it's not. You've never. And I can't wait until we, the Bible go to guys on the air again. I'm going to ask them that. But, yes, sir. From what, from what do we speak? If we have no good thoughts, then... You speak from lies. But then if we That's have no good thoughts, lie, do we, what do we speak from? You speak from an evil heart. Well, let's say we don't speak any more thoughts. Right. Right, because they're all evil. Right. Then how will we speak? How will we say anything? Because we speak our thoughts. See, when you, when you deny your thoughts, then God's mind will come forward. And you speak from observation from what he allows you to see. He allows you to see the truth, and you speak from that. And when you speak from that, it's always clear and it's always right, and you never have to go back and repair it. But when you speak from thoughts, it's always wrong. Always. And there may be a little bit of T19 worth of truth in there, but you've got to go back and build on it, repair, and try to get it right. You know, like the devil may say, you're overweight, you need to go to the gym. So yeah, you're overweight. But, you know, you've got to work on trying to get that right, you never get it right. But when you can see it in a different way, you can get it right. So when you abandon thoughts, you live from observation, from the mind of God. He allows you to see. And it never lie, it never deceive you, and it's always right. You never have to go back and repair it. That's why he said that we must be born again so that we can become one mind with him. He said we should have the mind of God. And the mind of God is not working in your head, it works in your spirit. He allows you to see. And, and most people don't trust that because they're so connected to thoughts that, you know, how do you abandon thoughts? How do you abandon a mind like that? And I've always said the mind is a terrible thing to save. If you want to be free, you need to kill the mind. <laughs> because it's all from ego. You have to live through observation. Walk by the light. Walk by faith. Walk by sight and not by mind. And there's a kingdom of heaven inside of us. There's a light within, and it guides us from within. And that is the truth, so help me God. It so, is the truth. And for me to know it, anybody can get it. But you've got to be willing to endure, knowing that you need to be born again, that you're no good. Yes, sir? You know, I tried um, to uh, not speak my thoughts. And what happens is... People look at you waiting for an answer, and you're like, "Bless you," because <laughs> you had these thoughts and you're not <laughs> speak them. But you know, you try not to speak the, the evil thoughts. Yeah. You know, maybe it's the truth about them, but you try not to speak that, and you're trying to speak these good thoughts. <laughs> and uh, you're waiting in the interim. Interim. The best way to say nothing, nothing is you don't have anything. So it's just because. I'm not waiting long enough. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have to, say, you're not supposed to say anything. But your thoughts are giving you something to say all the time because you'll look stupid not responding. Right? And, you, oh, and that the is ego, true. That the is ego true. person doesn't want to look stupid. They want to look bright and thankful, right. thoughtful, and uh, smart. So they won't say, I don't know. It's like sometimes you're driving on the highway and you're trying to find your way. You ask the person on the side of the road, how do you get over to 53rd Street? And they'll, they'll point in the wrong way rather than saying, I don't know. 
I mean, they'll send you way out of your way. Rather than saying, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And you can tell they don't know because their eyes start rolling. You know, all that. But they'll just make up something. Rather than just saying, I don't know. It's okay to say, not know. As a matter of fact, if you don't know, it's the best answer is, I don't know. Or not say anything. And that, that, that's an excellent point because most of the time, um, my thoughts have instant responses. But, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're not correct most of the time, if not any of the time, but yet I don't have that patience to wait for something else to come. I'll, I'll be like, not wanting to look stupid or not wanting to have nothing all to ego. say. That's right. Yeah, right. All ego. Okay. All pride. That's why you must throw that off. Throw off your sin. Your prideful sin. So that you can be born again. You got to get rid of that. You got to let it go. Be still and overcome that. Even though there may be a moment or two where there's just this, this silence that nothing's coming. Right. Leave it alone. Right. You know, it's nice to live that way too. Now that I'm thinking about some things in my life with that. It is nice to be able to live without being manipulated by your thoughts. You don't feel you have to fit in. You got to answer. You got to look like the world. It is so peaceful living that way. It's absolutely perfect. But you must be born again. But you're not going to be born again until you can endure being wrong. You got to face that you're wrong. If you think you're wonderful, you're never going to be right. We're not wonderful. <coughs> he is wonderful in us, but we're not wonderful. And now, also, let me make this point, then I'll take some more hands. When you see that you're not wonderful, it doesn't mean that you're going to go out of control. You know, you know you're just this low life that, you know, but our nature, before we, been, before we were born again, is no good. It's a no good nature. And that's just the truth. And most people don't, that's why God wants you to know yourself. Know thyself. But don't hate what you see about yourself. Then you can be born again. Yes, ma'am. Where? I have no husband, idea. My husband said, it's not even in the Bible. Know thyself. I'll find so it for you. I don't know where it is. I'll go to the next week. I'll have it for you. Okay. Thank and I'll ask the Bible guy. Thank you. Uh, let me take a young lady way back here. Yeah, I mean, hopefully um, I'm not going to ask anything from the Bible. Oh, I know what I want to say. I, have a, I, I, I forgot something. Hold your thought. Don't forget. Okay. Hold that thought. Um. Oh, I lost it again. The one thing I like about, I appreciate about God when he said, be still and know that he is God and not us. He said that when you pray, be quiet, go into your prayer closet, shut up. What he does is he separates you from these thoughts, this mindset that we have that's been passed on to us. He literally separates you from that so you can live by observation, so he can guide you in the light. And so when you're in a crowd or you're in a position where they want you to have an answer. The first thing you see is that these thoughts are coming for you to say that. And you're not able to say it because you know it's not true. I like that. You do see the temptations of the thoughts, which is of the devil, and you're able to resist it. Because his mindset is the light shining in us, and he allows us to see the darkness to overcome it. Yes, ma'am? I'm sorry. I'm just having conflict. Just, I guess, you know, with those... Hopefully I'm not going to ask you from that other thought process or whatever, but... And uh, let it come from my, my heart. But as he was saying, and you were saying, abandon the thoughts, and you're hearing this and that, and somebody's asking you a question, 
and maybe you don't know what to say, but what about when you're getting the question asked and immediately you know what to say? Now, is that coming from your heart? I don't hear it in the thoughts. It's just, I already know. Well, of course, if you see it's the annoying. answer, then you respond. Well, I mean, is the that coming is from the right you, place? I'm sorry? Is, is that coming from the right place? I can't tell you that because I'm not with you to know. Okay, well... You I mean, have to know that within yourself. I mean, right. but I mean, you feel that yourself. I mean, if, if, you know, somebody's asking you a question, you don't have to dig into your thoughts to find it because right. you already know it. Yes. If you know that, you see it, uh -huh. then yeah, respond. Sometimes I have answers right away. But sometimes I don't. You know, and I don't listen to the temptation of the thought trying to make me come up with an answer. Whether it seems like a good one or a bad one. Because I know every thought that I get is a lie. Everyone. There's no such thing as a true thought. You don't have to have you don't ever have to go back and repair truth. You only have to go back and repair lies. And so when uh, my telephone rings, excuse me. Uh, I left a message for them already, so I know. I don't have to answer this. Why you guys listen? I'm just kidding around. <laughs> <laughs> it is ringing, but I'm not interested. Um, that make sense? Yeah. That's another way of living, but you got to endure your ego. You got to lay it down. It's all lies. Yes, sir. One of the one of the better examples of that uh, something happened. I had a very difficult meeting to uh, take care of with my boss this week, uh, and. I knew all about everything that was going to happen in the meeting, and my brain was going 900 miles yeah. an hour. I had every answer to every angle he could come up with. And then all of a sudden I remembered, don't do that. Don't come up. I'm not even there. He's not even, he's not even in the room, and I'm imagining <laughs> talking to him. Yes. I'm making all of it up. Yeah. And we were going to meet over breakfast, and so I, I met him, and... He just started talking, and it went far better than me having come up with the entire I love spiel. that. It Did went you? much better. Now, I'll tell you the funny part. I later talked to one of his peers, who I get along with very well, and I said, uh, you heard from so-and-so, and he goes, oh, you messed him up. Now, I didn't try to do that. I, at first, I was. But all I really did was say, so this is what's going on, and yeah. he didn't know what to do with it. That's right. It was, it was so much better a response by not having myself... Now, I knew the situation. I knew my material. I knew my job. That's right. I, I knew what was going on, and I had responded intelligently. So it isn't lack... It isn't, I'm not walking into an unfamiliar situation. That That's way. right. But, you prepare yourself, you know, but, but you don't, don't think about it. Yeah, you, you just say... You kind of empty yourself beforehand and... Say, okay, here I am. You get jittery and all that. I mean, I love the way God got life set up. I love the way he has it set up. I want to talk to you about choice. You mentioned choice in a minute. I'll come back to that. All right? Don't let this meeting end without me clearing up the choice thing. Um, and there was something else I wanted to say and I forgot. But you, Oh, I was thinking about a story. Robert, the guy that's sitting right next to you. His, it's not personal, so I can share it. His uh, boss became angry at him this week, and he called him up and said, whatever you told him, we got to have a meeting tomorrow morning. Come to my office. And hung up. What a way to leave somebody, huh? So Robert was like, oh, my God, you're going to write me up. You're going to get me. You know, and he was like, frantic. What am I going to do? I'm like, Robert, just calm down. 
you're probably not going to be any way you think that it's going to be. Just because he yelled at it doesn't mean tomorrow he's going to get you, right? But I got to be there at 6 in the morning, blah, blah, blah. And last night I asked him, well, how did the meeting go? The guy didn't even bring up the situation he was mad at him about. <laughs> and Robert planning what he's going to say, how he's going to deal with it. And the guy didn't bring it up at all. And so, but what happened, he overreacted to the guy and his mind went to work. Now you're trying to plot how you're going to deal with it, what you're going to do, what you're going to say. And that's all straight out of hell. God tells us to wait and see. Wait upon the Lord, and he will take care of us, give us our desires. He will handle our problems. But if you're in your head, if you believe in thought, you can't wait upon the Lord. You are Lord. You're trying to work it out. The guy didn't even bring the subject matter up. And Robert probably didn't sleep that night at all. <laughs> well, he probably was upset about the incident, but it, it was just an upset man, you know, carrying on. Well, when you overreact to that, it plays on your mind, and you can't find any rest. Because you're thinking the worst. You're going to get fired. You're going to get written up. You know, you're going to get cursed out. Because thoughts are your enemies, not your friend. It's of darkness and not the light. Yes? Um, yeah, I have a question about the choice thing, too. Uh, okay. you want to ask? Yeah, I can get to the choice thing. What do you want to ask about that? You want to um, ask me or her? Well, I was going to ask you. Okay, go ahead. But it does have to do with the choice. Um, remember when she said um, uh, oh, what yeah. if you know the answer should you speak it isn't there a time where you can see something you don't speak it and then how do you know whether it's you, you not um, your will not wanting to speak it or that's a good question you know, that's why like, you, like, when you're born again you're guided by the light and you can see when to speak and when not to and because there are times you can see a crazy person and not say anything about it. You can see that someone is wrong, but it's not given to you to say anything about it. But most people think that just because they see it, they need to say something about it every time. Right. Yes. And you end up driving your kids crazy. Yes. Because there are times to just observe it. But you, if you're guided by what is right, you will see those times when not to speak and when to speak. You are not in control of your life. And if you can know that, then you stop this mess, you know. You're not in control of anything. And there's no such thing as choice. That's a lie, too. You only have one choice, and that is to choose good. Because you're already evil. Your only choice you make is to choose good. And once you choose good, no more choices. You have never made a decision in your whole life. How many people make decisions? Everybody, right? Everybody raise your hand. You're all lies, liars. You have not made a decision. I'm making decisions now. <laughs> With the clock making that decision. But you have not made a decision in your whole life. You've been influenced. You never make decisions. You've been influenced by good or evil, the truth or the lie. You've been influenced, and it depends on where your nature is, you're influenced in the wrong way most of the time. Whether it's buying an automobile, getting married, spending your money, whatever, you're influenced in the wrong way. You never make choices. The devil made choices for you, for your ego, and God make them for your spirit. And the, and the ones he gave you are always right, and the ones the other guy gave you are always wrong. 
And as long as you think that you're making choices, you're going to suffer. You're playing God. You've never made a, a decision in your whole life. But prideful people think that they do. And the more degrees you have, PhDs, MSDs, and YHDs, you really think you're making decisions. And everybody else, are, all the other folks are dummies. They look down on you. But nobody makes decisions. Not one. And just think about it. If we made decisions from day one, all of our decisions would be good, right? You would, why would anybody make a bad decision for themselves intentionally? If I made a decision, I married a perfect woman. But you never make the decision. You're about the right person. Anybody disagree with me on that? Mm -hmm. I don't mind disagreements. I want to hear them. I really don't mind. Do you disagree? Well, I never looked at it quite like that before. Uh, does it make sense a little bit? It makes sense a little bit. Yeah. You've never made a decision your whole life. People who make decisions suffer. And that's the truth. We don't make decisions. We are a spirit. Our battle is spiritual. We're guided by the spirit. It just all depends on who your spiritual father is. That's who made the decisions for you. Yes? Um, kind of a disagreement question. Okay. I like that. If we don't make decisions, why do we have guilt or, or feel good about a decision? We feel good or guilt because God, because you think you're God, and God don't want to. He doesn't want to make a mistake, and the things you do good, He take pride in it. That's what people do. They get up, they feel guilty for bad mistakes because they judge themselves. Because God is not supposed to be wrong, and then when you do good, you puff yourself up. God made a good decision. <laughs> wow, I'm wonderful. That was a great decision. So, are you saying that guilt? And feeling good is an illusion? It is. It comes from judging yourself. Wow. It's all an illusion. It's not real. Guilt is not real. No. Straight out of hell, straight out of pride. <laughs> because when you're born again, you never have guilt because you're not in control. You're not making things that... You don't judge yourself. Right. You see you're no good. You can't of yourself. You can do nothing. So you don't judge yourself for anything. So you don't have guilt. Groundbreaking stuff. You don't play God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, what about the evil person who doesn't have guilt? Because evil people, I can't imagine having guilt. They do have it, but they just deny it. It's there. They won't allow it to catch up with them. That's why they have to continue to do evil. But it's way down in there. But they can't handle the pain of it. But you're right. They get so far into evil, they become that way. Man. They lose all sight of guilt. They can hurt you and not feel anything about it. But they have to keep going so that the truth won't catch up with them. And they become of their father the devil completely. That makes sense? Yes. Anybody disagree? I want... Yes, ma'am. I don't disagree, but that's like um, that evil person has no conscience. Yes, ma'am. So how can he have guilt? He's totally gone away from God. I mean... The way he would get to guilt, or she would get to guilt, if they ever be still for a moment and allow consciousness is still trying to catch up with them, mm -hmm. but they won't stand still long enough for it to, so they can feel it. So, but if they do get it, when they're alone, they get it. Because reality is always trying to catch up with you. Right. 
Right. <laughs> they'll turn on the music before they allow it to happen. Right. They they can't be in a room by themselves. So they, they, they can feel it a little bit, but not much because they'll run away from it. And they'll go out and do something else wrong so they can feel good about it. And as far as the choices that... Can everybody turn their phones off? Yes. And as far as the choices that we think we're making... Right. I always thought that he gave us the ability to make our decisions. No. He only gave you the ability to seek first the kingdom of God in his right way. To seek after what is right. He gave us that. To turn away from evil to good. Other than that, we don't have any choices. We don't make choices. And if you look back at your life, you will see you never made a good choice. And you thought at the time you were making a good choice. Now he puts things in your way so you can see it's the right thing to do. It's the right husband or wife to be with, or the right home to have, to buy. He allows you to see those things because he's making those decisions for you. Mm-hmm. But you don't make that decision. And he will give you your heart desire. And he will give you good stuff, good things. Is that food for thought? Yeah, yeah. Okay, now let me get some hands. Ermin, did you have your hand? No. Oh, okay. Ed's wife, do you disagree with any of this? No, I'm actually, I'm actually agreeing with it. Oh, you I'm, are. I'm, I'm recognizing it. What I did, I looked at him and I said, "So he brought you to me." He said, "Yeah, two or three times." That's right. <laughs> That's right. So you got to endure, and what you have to endure, the most important thing, because I know some of you guys like to say cute and little things about what you're enduring, but you need to endure your own prideful, ego nature. So that you can overcome it. You need to take the pain of being wrong. So that you can overcome. You need to stop hating being wrong. When someone tells you the truth about yourself. If it's the truth, accept it. And if it's not, let it go. But don't hate truth about yourself. And don't hate what God brings upon you to endure. To try to wake you up. When you have to deal with great challenges in life. It's because God sees you as his son or his daughter. And he's trying to punish you to wake you up, to correct you in life. So don't be angry about whatever you have to endure. When people hate you, that's fine. When they try to embarrass you, that's fine. Don't hate them for that. It allows you to see how prideful you are, because if you didn't have this ego, no one could embarrass you. You know, so whenever you say, why are you trying to embarrass me? You need to let that happen to you so you can overcome that nature. Take the pain of being embarrassed. If you're worried about what someone else think about you or how they see you, then you, you have not endured. You're a weak person. You're not of God. God wants you free. He came to set us free. And you've got to have some pain. He, he suffered pain for us. We've got to suffer pain too. But your ego has to die. Let your ego die. And then the suffering will be over. You won't feel as much pain anymore. All right. Uh, Faye, you had a quick question. I saw your hand. I didn't get to you. Yeah, it wasn't as much. I just wanted to comment quickly on the good thoughts and the bad thoughts. You know, I, I had that dilemma for quite a while. And, you know, you have to come to a point where you see, well, the good thoughts, they can't really be coming from a good source because then in, on, on the other hand, you're getting evil thoughts, and they're both thoughts. So you have to come to a point where you realize, wow, it's all coming from the same dark source. Right. Yeah. 
And the thing about God sitting on one shoulder and the devil on the other one, the devil has control of here. He's on both shoulders. God is in your spirit, he's in your heart, he's in the soul of your belly, and he operates through there. So, when, and what he does, he separates you from the devil on your shoulders. All right? But you must be born again. He said, be still and know him. Did you have a question? I just want to ask, do you ever have periods where you don't have any thoughts? You, you... Yeah, sometimes you know how your mind seems to go blank, but they're there. Yeah. But you just have to observe them. They are, they are not in me. They are there. But I'm not a part of them. And um, I want to invite you guys to, uh, God said that when you pray, to be still and know him. I want to really, really encourage you to learn to go into your prayer closet and just be quiet and let the truth catch up with you. It's time to really let go so that in all situations you can see the right thing to do. You can see your way out. You can see how, to, uh, how decisions are made. That it's not you, but he is the one that's doing it for you or your father, the devil. But you got to calm down and stop thinking that you have anything to do with anything because you really don't. You're not in control of anything. Really not in control. And it's only prideful people who think that they are and getting mad at themselves because it's not going their way. If you know you're not in control, you're not going to get upset about the way things go. And you will know that life is going to unfold for you. So I want to encourage you to get a... I have a prayer CD called Be Still and Know. You can call 800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663. I'll go to the website, church at bond info. Bond no? Info. Oh, that's the email, huh? All right, see, I can't think. What is it? Bond at bond. Oh, bond, bond, info. bond info.org. And order a copy of it. All right? And, uh, and just, God wants to take over. He wants you to know of yourself you can do nothing. He wants you to take the pain of being wrong. When your consciousness, has, you mentioned consciousness, when your consciousness works with you, and you feel the pain, don't deny it. Let it be so you can overcome it. All right, get a copy of Be, be Still and Know and give it a try and see what happens. Also, we need your support. Your tithes and offerings and donations, we appreciate them. Go to bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND. And if you should have questions or comments, I know I have some I didn't get to today. today uh, send them to us and, and I will deal with them. Did this help a little bit today, guys? Yes, sir. A little bit? Okay. Thank you so much, and uh, uh, make sure to tune in next week. Sorry about that cell phone. Make sure you guys turn your phones off when you come in. I'm putting on a vibrator or something. <laughs> All right, thank you, guys.